down in front. Washington is a significant picture. It is significant because it emphasizes democracy in action. I consider it a real privilege and a real experience to have played even a minor part under the distinguished direction of Frank Capra. Welcome back to Old Fogies and Films. Each episode, the members of this panel take turns assigning a film to watch and discuss. Fogey roll call. Eric. Ruth. Shelly. Kia. And Majority Leader Fahad. That's me. As we noted last time, for the first cycle of season three, we thought it would be interesting if each of us tried to complete a theme with our first movies from seasons one and two. Luckily, mine was the easiest theme to figure out because my first movie was Ingrid Goes West. And my second movie was Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. So you can kind of see where this is going. So for our third season, for this round, I chose Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington stars James Stewart as Jeff Smith. Jeff is a naive but passionate man that finds himself thrust into the world of Washington politics after he is selected to replace a senator from his state that had died. He becomes a pawn in a corrupt scheme surrounding a proposed dam project in his home state. When he attempts to expose the truth about the scheme, he faces betrayal in a rigged political system that launches a smear campaign against him, and it threatens his position as a senator. The film takes a turn when Smith, who's pushed to his limits, stages a filibuster on the Senate floor, delivering a powerful and emotional speech. Despite the odds, Smith's resilience ultimately wins out with the corruption being revealed to everyone by the end of the movie. So let's talk a little bit about the movie. I'll go around and see what everybody thinks. I'll start with Eric. Oh my goodness. Um, I didn't think I'd have to go first. Uh, uh, Well, so I have a whole set of notes here. (laughs) I enjoyed the movie, of course. I think it's a little long, but it didn't really feel like that. Uh, I've said it a million times, but I love the dialogue from this era. It's just things are so well written. Um, it's fun to see James uh, Stewart's so young. Uh, I was going to say, uh, it's funny, Fahad, you were trying to complete this theme. You could have gone to the same director one year before this because he did a movie, co- or no, uh, three years before this because he did a movie called Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. <laughs> uh. You had a couple think, options with just this one director. I think I saw that on the list when I was looking for Goes movies, and I believe that's what the Adam Sandler Mr. Deeds is a remake of. Is I it? was just going to say that. I'm pretty sure. Okay. And Jimmy Stewart um, was only 30 in this. Sorry to interrupt you. But I, just I know, to... yeah. And, uh, this so young. Was, uh, in, I think in 1940, he did his last few films before the war, and right, then because he, he didn't work again for like five or six years or something because it was just the war. <laughs> and wasn't and, he, didn't um, he go to war? Yeah, he, he joined. Yeah, a lot of people did at the time. I mean, oh, but isn't that crazy to think about? Um, sorry, I don't want to jump into your 
thing, but I was th- just thinking about that. Like he went to war. He was a movie star in yeah. movies. Can you imagine that happening now? I wonder if, uh, I don't know if he was famous, famous enough for this, but I, I had me wondering when a movie, movie stars like him were sent to war, did they sort of put them in cushier positions to make sure they stayed safe? Because, you know, it's, it's, it's bad for American morale. If you're, you know, a hero of the silver screen, if something terrible happens to them. And, and I don't remember many stories about that. So I wonder if maybe they were protected a little bit from the worst of things, but who knows? You know, maybe it's like Captain America, you know, Captain America, the first Avenger movie. Uh, he isn't immediately put into war. He just goes around from uh, place location to location and does like the little show for all of the soldiers, even though he's part of the army. Um, because I guess they don't want to put him in danger's way because of, like you said, Eric, if you saw your like hero die, that yeah. would be horrible for morale. Or kind of like Prince Harry and uh, Prince William. They were both yeah. technically in the army. And yeah. anyway, well, sorry. Uh, in Korea, it's still a requirement to do, to mm-hmm. do arms uh, services, like when you turn 18 or something for a couple of years at least. And so all these uh, pop stars you know, who are in these boy bands over there, they, they become very, very famous, but then they they have to go and do this service for all. So they have to take breaks from that, which, which is kind of crazy because they really push those kids over there. I mean, it's like every day they're doing stuff that they don't waste any time. So it, imagine them taking a couple of years away <laughs> and then coming back to it. But um, somehow they have a system for doing that, but it's, it's a little bit crazy. Um, I think they have the same thing in... Israel, don't they? Uh, Gal Gadot Gadot had to do. I remember a story about how uh, they were surprised to find she already had weapons training and she was better with like the weapons (laughs) than than men on set. Um, So, yeah. So uh, anyway, so. uh, So this movie, (laughs) it's the second black and white movie Fahad has made us watch. And it's also the second one that has an extended montage of newspaper printing. (laughs) And it got me it was like, is this Fahad's thing? Like, <laughs> he's seeking these things. No, out. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is not my thing. If I were to choose a quote unquote theme, no. Old and <laughs> newspapers reading, no. Um, I like James Stewart. He was, I mean, he's a little of a bit of a simpleton in this one. Definitely very naive. And so I kind of didn't get, this isn't a character he played that I got into as much as other characters he's played. I think he was playing some very, innocent and wholesome uh characters earlier in his career but I, I like some of the later stuff where it gets a little more um i guess a little more depth you know like rear window or rope um i i think one of the first movies he did when he got back from the war was actually uh, another copra movie and one of shelly's favorites it's a wonderful life but apparently that movie did not do well when it came out i guess oh, isn't that crazy now it's like yeah every year but i don't know if you noticed um apparently copra does it's so funny we just uh, fahad and i definitely just had a conversation about this I forget who else was involved but about uh modern creators who reuse actors playing different characters in their subsequent projects like Flan- mike flanagan does it a lot joss whedon used to be known for it uh i, uh, I think Adam uh, ryan murphy ryan murphy does yeah, it hold on. i'm gonna say ruth is right no <laughs> Adam Sandler, Sandler. Like Adam his Sandler uses a lot of the same people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, apparently Capra does that too, because I was looking at some of his, looking, looking up some of the actors in this movie and noticed that they were in other, other Capra films. Um, 
for instance, I was wondering, like, is this the movie that kind of put James Stewart, Jimmy Stewart on the map? Uh, and I think it is because it was a, a lead role for him. Uh, but just one year before this, he was in a, a Copra film where he was part of an ensemble cast and that film did really well. So I think that that was when people first started to really notice him. And I had seen him maybe that same year or a couple years before in uh, the sequel to The Thin Man, uh, where he played a sweet guy, who, but who turned out to be the murderer. So I guess not technically a sweet guy. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> you know, that was really weird for me to see Jimmy Stewart be the bad guy. But um, so um, so he's so a couple of people from this movie were in that one, I think, besides James Stewart. But also uh, It's a Wonderful Life had a couple people from this movie, including, I guess, the eldest son in It's a Wonderful Life was in this movie credited as baby dumpling. Did you see that in the credits? No. I had no. to look it up because I was like, who's who's baby dumpling? <laughs> and I guess it was, you know, it was that era, you know, in the 30s where it really famous kids would get these kind of nicknames they would be credited by instead of their real name. So baby dumpling was a was a famous kid <laughs> who was in the Blondie and Dagwood movies. Um and so by the time he's in It's a Wonderful Life, I want to say he's like 12, but I think he he's one of the you remember the one of the early scenes in this movie where that guy sits down to dinner and his whole, all of his children have an opinion about who we should appoint. The, the youngest kids is, is baby dumpling who is then uh, Jimmy Stewart's son in uh, it's a wonderful life. Um, okay. Eric, it's funny you brought up Blondie and Dagwood. Cause when I was looking for movies, what the title goes in it, there were, I think two, at least of those Blondie movies, like Blondie goes to college or something like that. Yeah, I uh, that I was, movies, but there's a ton of them, I guess. I didn't know that there were any movies. I knew the yeah. comic strip. But yeah, I didn't know there was any movies. So it's funny you yeah. brought that up. Yeah, even when I first uh, saw some of them, I just thought, what are these Blondie movies? I did not it, it, it connect it to the comic strip until I finally read a synopsis and it said, Blondie and Dagwood are raising a kid. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like from the comic strip. <laughs> I used to love watching it, and then I watched it again, and then it was a little extra what you, silly. What have you seen? Oh, the old, um, I used to watch like the old, like um, Blondie and Dagwood. Like Dagwood shows, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. You've seen those? Oh, weird. Yeah. <laughs> you must be the I only. Where did you watch them? Like on TV? Know. Yeah, I was when I was little. I don't remember somewhere on cable. My parents or my dad especially would watch a lot of old movies. So then I would see some stuff too that I thought looked cool or interesting to watch. Very cool. Yeah, they had Blondie Goes to College and they also had Blondie Goes Latin. <laughs> that sounds I, I, like I, a different I, kind of movie. Yeah, I stayed away from that one. Um, I, I want to say that there's a, oh, somebody famous played Blondie in one of the Blondie movies. Um Oh, it wasn't always the same actress? No, Pen Penny Singleton was in Blondie Goes to College and Blondie Goes Latin. Um, she was but... also in, I think, the one with, at least one of them with Baby Dumpling. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm trying to see who was in the other one that was famous. Um, I mean, yeah, in the other movies. Uh, Blondie has servant trouble. <laughs> Some of these oh. are problematic in their titles. <laughs> oh wow <laughs> not about that one either blondie takes a oh no so far they're all those are all penny singleton she's been in a lot of them blondie goes on blondie on a budget blondie meets the boss 
Blondie on the budget. I don't want to check some of them out. <laughs> I know. Um, but anyway, I don't want to like focus on the Blondie. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'll try to move quickly through. But I have uh, through the rest of my notes. But I, I have a lot. So maybe I'll just briefly touch base on some things, and then maybe you guys can talk about them if you like it. But uh, one thing, two things that I thought were really interesting about watching this movie was, first of all, the the year that it takes place, nineteen thirty nine, before you know war breaks out, uh, and the U.S. wouldn't join the war for another couple of years. And I thought that was very interesting because um, it, it seemed to me like this movie might have been made uh, with a purpose, uh, sort of like propaganda for democracy, trying to you know convince the American people the value of democracy and you know how one person can can you know have integrity and and do what's right. Um, because there was, I don't know if you've been following it uh, or if you if you watch Rachel Maddow, but she just she did a podcast last year called Ultra and now she has a book called Prequel. And it's about how the in the years before we joined World War Two, there was actually a very large faction of the American population that were supporting Hitler and fascism, including in in 1939, there was a Nazi rally by Americans in Madison Square Garden. And it's uh, so the, her whole podcast and, all, and her book were about all these stories that people are kind of shocked to hear about because we weren't told that any of this was the case. You know, the story we always hear is that, you know, America, you know, Americans were never, we never agreed with any of that. We just stayed out of the war until we knew that, you know, there was no possible way for the world out of it unless we joined the fight. But that's not really the case. And I, I so I'm, I'm, sort of putting those pieces together and thinking like this, this film must have been very pointed, like a pointed statement to the American public at the time about, um, about American values. And, uh, and so I found that very interesting. Um, and I think that that might be true because during the war period, Capra actually turned uh, away from directing feature films like this to directing war propaganda. So like, I think one of the shorts was called Why We Fight. You know, you can imagine like the things they would play before movies play at a theater for the audience um, to keep people's spirits up. So clearly he had, you know, a, a strong opinion about what was happening. And then uh, another interesting thing I found was the, during that montage scene where all the newspaper printing is happening, it's all children working on it. And I just couldn't help but think like all these kids working what were child labor laws like at the time and apparently it was only uh one year before this movie came out that the major legislation the the fair labor standards act was passed that finally made it illegal in all in most cases except agriculture for children to be put to work instead of going to school so i thought it was and and um so i don't know if maybe they filmed this you know before because i don't know if they uh, unless jimmy stewart's character sort of got around that by not charging for this paper he was making or something so it was like it's you know it's a child activity as part of his club yeah. but that's what i was gonna say i was also maybe. gonna say i think the kids <laughs> wanted to do it like this was something they yeah, wanted they to, were, to help him out like but just just the images of some of the kids like passing out on their typesetting you know like <laughs> <laughs> and for 12 hours <laughs> them driving that car and the truck like yeah. crashing into them i was kind of shocked by that i mean his, his I mom had to call and say tell them to stop kids are being hurt i was i was honestly so angry during that that, that got really tense I, I was like i can't believe they're running kids off the road I and know, my property. gosh my gosh 
you know, and I, then I thought, well, I should, I guess I can believe it because those things are happening today. Mm. But I, it was surprising to see it in a movie from 1939, like that yeah. they would get so intense with it. So that was very, very interesting. Um, and maybe I'll just end <clears throat> my spiel right now with saying that my favorite character is Clarissa. I was so surprised that I'd never heard of this actress. I don't, apparently I've never seen anything else she's been in. I don't know how I missed her. She was in tons and tons of stuff, but she was the joy of the whole movie for me. I couldn't wait for her to come back on screen. I just love the way she talks. She had like the best lines. She was so sharp. Love her to death. Uh, she's too good for him, but whatever. I like when <laughs> I was so sorry. I know it's not my turn, but when the guy that she was going to supposedly marry <laughs> said your first name, Clarissa, he's like, oh, whatever. But then, aren't you going to say it's a nice oh, name? Like, you have to marry the man that says how beautiful your name. Like that was just so sweet. <laughs> And because, <laughs> because she was so smart, I couldn't help but think the whole movie, Clarissa explains it all again. Like every time yeah. she shows up. I know. Did, right? so, oh, yes. I agree. Her character was awesome. She knew those rules like oh. back and forth. She could tell him yeah. which one to look up, what to do. And I think she had my favorite moment when she's, you know, in the middle of the tense filibuster when she's on the phone with his mother and the mother says, okay, tell me what's going on, Clarissa. And she says, yeah. she called me Clarissa. Okay, ma. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and my heart Aww. just grew three sizes. <laughs> yeah. It okay. was funny though, because earlier on when they first introduced her, I was like, oh, they're not going to make her the love interest? That's odd. I was going to make the too. daughter of that other, the other senator the Susan. love interest? I was like, yeah, I was like, no, no. Um, Saunders, Clarissa is much better for him. And then later on, it's like in that little note, you know, he thinks I love you. P.S. I do. I know. That was so oh. sweet. I love that too. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thank you, Eric. Yeah. Although I will, I will say on that, just so sorry, because you said uh, P.S. I love you. And I do that. It's just, you know, in these movies, especially from this time, just people fall in love so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was fast too. Barely known each other. And it's like, uh, you know, but they had been through a lot together like that they stayed up all night writing that bill that she saw the compassion it. and passion and integrity this guy had and being <laughs> stuck in dc for that long she probably has not seen that in a long time yeah and it was refreshing oh. we should talk about that too i mean let she was a city that. dweller just she'd only grew up in baltimore <laughs> she said that she said i'm just a city dweller <laughs> Um, awesome. Well, thank you, Eric. Uh, moving down the line, uh, Ruth, you're next. Okay, cool. So um, I enjoy watching some old movies every now and then, and so it was fun to to do that. Um, I like Jimmy Stewart, too, and I actually had a lot of fun with it, too, because actually um, It's a Wonderful Life is one of my favorite movies, too, and them having several characters in there, um, which was neat. Thomas Mitchell, he played uncle billy and then ma smith was in it playing um jimmy seward's mom and didn't know those people but did you see claude rings as senator payne he he played the invisible man he's a he's a universal (laughs) monster (laughs) (laughs) Um, i think there's one other man i just can't think of what his name was which was older um but anyways yeah i thought it was good um i liked the only um took a, a little while for me to kind of get into but I do love um how um 
he is naive, but I do like Jimmy Stewart's character, how he really wants to do something for, for the good and um shake things up again. And since the um the senator was friends with his dad, I know it was a big blow to him to hear about how um corrupt that he was now too and kind of things like that. Um and then yeah, I do like I like Clar Clarissa a lot too. I loved how like uh smart she was and then I liked how she ended up because of how great he was, like she wasn't gonna go down that path. How she was supposed to get the the senator's daughter, I guess, to help her out to to kind of take him away and put his mind on something else and so he was kind of infatuated with her, kept on dropping his hat all the time. And <laughs> Can you imagine your dad using you like that? Like, you're going to go shopping with him. Like, this is your job to lure him away. Now, what political man uses their daughter for political gain and corruption? <laughs> Gosh, can you imagine if that happened today? Yeah. I guess we haven't changed in the past hundred years. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he would say, if she wasn't my daughter, I'd date her. <laughs> but Shelly, you're exactly right. I was watching it and I'm like, this, it's just creepy and it's so, it's just wrong. Ruth, that um, that hat scene was the, as far as like direction goes, most of it seemed pretty normal to me, but there were a couple things that I was like, why did he, why did Frank, uh, you know, Capra choose to do this? And one was that weird hat scene where you don't even see their faces or anything. It's just him dropping his hat. Uh -huh. I thought it was weird too. And then they're like, well, we need to buy him a new hat. That he can <laughs> hold on to. Yeah. He's he was just so nervous. He couldn't even hold on to a hat. Yeah. He ran into the table yeah. and the light too. <laughs> I know. How embarrassing. That's probably something I would do. I'm just kidding. I don't know. He carries the bird away. He's like, oh wait. <laughs> oh yeah, whatever happened to those pigeons? I guess he said I know that we didn't talk about them anymore. That was he did mention he set them free. He said they're probably about over uh, Kentucky about now. Oh yeah, with a with a letter. <laughs> it was just such yeah, it was weird because like yeah, you brought it up and then never talked about them again. Yeah. They you don't find you don't know which one made it or they all make it and you know. Yeah. Was that supposed to show that he was just a country bumpkin? Yeah, I think it was supposed his to pigeon. continue his bumpkinness. <laughs> I think he invented Twitter. He's he's sending short messages. Oh ah, yeah, <laughs> yes. It's early Twitter, nineteen thirty. <laughs> so, Ruth, anything else on your end? Um, that's pretty much it. But yeah, I do agree. As far as it was a little way too much. Like I know that they didn't want those kids to print the papers too, but that was that was really that bothered me a lot, especially when that guy hit that little boy too. <laughs> Try to. Try oh, to run them, run, run them off the road in a, in a car or something. That whole part of the movie, I was just so angry while watching the whole newspaper media shut down the corruption there, but also leading into them defaming Smith. And you know, they're in the hearing, and everybody's just flat out lying. And like, you know, yeah, we have this. this. And I was just like, oh, we have not changed, our media has not yeah. changed nothing has, yeah unfortunately oh. nothing has changed in that sense like politicians are still owned by businesses yeah. uh, i was thinking that the entire time i thought all these sorry i'll wait for my turn but <laughs> shelly it's your turn yeah, okay i'll just start with that so i was thinking all these politicians 
hopefully they go in to the Senate or the House and they're just like Jefferson Smith, but every one of them ends up even now just corrupt. And it's just, they stay in office way too long. And they're just, I mean, it's just so crazy. I wasn't expecting nothing to have changed in so long. But um, if you can't tell, I absolutely love this movie. Um, I found it so entertaining. It combines two of my favorite things, Jimmy Stewart and the Senate. <laughs> I love watching Senate hearings. So this was just my favorite kind of movie. <laughs> but um it was just, I just, I just loved it. I think just like you, Eric, I loved Clarissa. She was um, the best character. Um, oh, and I looked up while we were talking. This is crazy to me. Um, Jimmy Stewart was in the army from 1941 to 1947. And then in the air force from 1947 to 1968. Oh, wow. So I just don't think we see those things anymore. Like he was in the service for a very long time. Wow. Um, yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, and now my mind has gone blank from all the things that I wanted to say, but I got super excited about um, what Ruth was talking about. Yay. But yes, love this movie. I always thought one thing just to add with him is like, I think he always sounds like even when he was young like in it's a wonderful life in this movie i'm like he always sounded like a young old man to me <laughs> but i like i him. love watching the older movies like i think you were saying this how how everyone talks to each other how the women dress just um oh and then i was thinking because they were talking about the senate and they said all of these what 97 or however many men so which states weren't part of the union yet uh, well, Alaska and Hawaii didn't join until 1959. So, so was so was it? So I don't know, like between 39 and 59, if there were other states. I mean, I think it was most of them. But also point. men, like there were no women um, in the Senate. And clearly, if you look at Clarissa, there should have been. <laughs> I know, she I had everything down. I thought that while they were, he, she was having a conversation with him, I think it's when she talks him off the ledge at the at the end uh, to convince him to do the filibuster. I was thinking my, uh, to myself, if I were him, I would say to her, you should probably be the senator and I should be taking notes for you. <laughs> exactly, because she knew everything. I mean, he had, he, she knew everything. Then I thought it was interesting that one of the first things that he said to her was, so have you always had to work? Like, like, um, <laughs> assume that she wanted to do anything else like he didn't talk about talk to her like that i like that he didn't talk to her that way um like why are you here don't you want to just get married and settle down or something like he felt it seemed like he believed she was doing exactly what she should be doing yeah yeah but, I, like I, did, but I also noticed that um like even the language that they used when they talked about the senate had no room for women. It like wasn't yeah. even an idea people had in their brains. They they would they would talk about like the men who come to this chamber is like it wasn't yeah, even yeah. possible. It's like wow. Um Shelly though, going back to what you were saying about like how she knew so much she should have been the senator. Um that's also like politics again today. A lot of times it's really their team the that knows doesn't... the ins and outs and knows everything. They're kind of just the face of it, right? Uh, but then it, they were talking about, and it still happens today, you vote how we tell you to vote. Like everybody 
I was thinking about that. Like I used to like the parties just vote. It, it's like, what are we doing? You vote how you're supposed to vote, not voting with and how often, you're supposed and to And oftentimes vote. not only do you vote with the way you're supposed to vote with long lines and stuff, but you're also voting with the the money, the big business, you know, like, you know, Eric, we've watched Veep, right? Like if yeah. you watch that, that's true. And I know it's fictionalized and everything, but a lot of times you go with where the power players are and the money is and you vote according to that. And like I was saying, your team, they're the ones who really know the ins and outs of everything. And you just are kind of fed the script to say. Um, so for I think you all should watch the show Veep. It's a really good show, shows you kind of the shenanigans that goes on behind the scenes in the White House on the vice president's side. Again, fictionalized, but I'm sure a lot of it's based on how- And I know this obviously is a movie too and fictionalized, but like you're saying, but I thought it was so interesting because the rules are so like cut and dry. Like they don't veer off of these rules. So when the guy, when he's like completely exhausted, and the one senator says to him, well, Senator, would you like to take a, a recess until tomorrow? And she's like, no, if you do, you can't continue on. Um, yeah. <laughs> Her hand's like, or five, three. She's like, look at rule five, the third clause or whatever. I, so, I feel the president of the Senate liked him or didn't like him. I he think he liked him a lot. <laughs> I think he liked Smith and I think he liked what Smith was doing because they'd always go back and show him smiling. He'd have a smirk. And yeah, but I didn't know if it was like, I'm smiling because I think you're a complete fool or I'm smiling because I'm really entertained by what you're doing to these other men. <laughs> I think he was entertained, but I also think he believed in him. I want to so. say, say he was the only other good guy on the floor. That's what I'm sticking with. I liked him. <laughs> Do you think that currently there's any good, like... Are there any Jefferson Smiths out there? I, I don't think follow so. the Senate <laughs> much, so I can't tell you. <laughs> um, I I, I want to say that I don't. Well, it just seems I like there's no like nobody that innocent. No, and there's no space today for that. Nobody, it seems nobody, like it's nobody alive is that innocent. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, I do yeah, think there are. I do think there are good people there who mm. are. Um, always trying to do the right thing. And um, I mean, I love a AOC. She she will not let anyone get away with anything. As soon as they say some nonsense, she jumps on it and and she, you know, she brings the receipts. And um, she, yeah, she I think she she has integrity. And there's s several other people like that. I mean, but nobody's innocent like that. Nobody's naive like nobody's that. Na nobody's fresh. The naive ones are the ones who are getting corrupted because they don't know how to say no to money. You well, know? it's just like, it's just, I was thinking more of like, um, on the Senate side, there's a hundred senators. Those are representatives. Yeah. <laughs> the ones I'm thinking of are representatives. Well, yeah. yeah they kind of have more of a chance to be. Um, yeah. They because have more they, their terms are only two years. So they're constantly having to like, keep, they're just always like trying to be reelected. They're always campaigning. But I was thinking the Senate, um, like even now when it's like, uh, when we had the 50-50, so there was 50 Republicans, 50 Democrats, and they would all just vote. It just seems like the voting doesn't matter. Like you just vote party line. And then since um, the Democrats held the majority, then the vice president stepped in and cast the tie breaking vote. And it's like, well, does this even matter? 
I, I like to so win. It's been happening for a hundred years. Is yeah. all my point is like this just it's for it hasn't mattered for a long time. Nobody's willing to step out of their party to vote with consciously how they really feel. Some people are, but they even that doesn't often they get, get in trouble. <laughs> so sometimes that doesn't right, even because then so kind of like in this, like they won't fundraise for you. It doesn't work. Yeah, they they won't throw you the work. money that the party has to get you reelected. They're like, well, you're not going to vote like us. Bye. Uh, sometimes crazy. I think they have to wait to try to do some votes when they know certain certain people, people won't be in Congress because because you just uh, it's whoever is actually there to vote votes. And so it might not be you might not be trying to reach like 435 votes in the House, for instance, you might only there might only be like 300 people voting or something like that. And uh, you just need a majority of that because the people who didn't show up, well, they don't get to vote. <laughs> yeah. That, and that's, and, but it was that they mentioned that in this. So well, well, they I, don't even half the people don't sh even show up to vote. Yeah. I was going to say it's that one, like, one of the funniest parts for me was when um, he's in the middle of filibuster and then every, or he's going to start it. And then everyone just leaves. And he says, uh, they talk about like a unique, like whatever the majority in the house is. And he's like, well, I guess that's me. And he's like, the one person is the majority. Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, the quorum. We need a quorum. And if it says, and whatever the rule is. Yeah. yeah. And then in for a split second, I thought, oh, wait, is this how this movie's going to resolve where he's the only one in the chamber? So he votes and gets what he wants because he's the majority. <laughs> I did love how they left it until the last minute to 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 finish the movie up like it was like all the way up until the last second yeah I can't believe he was gonna it. kill himself oh that was oh my gosh i thought that guy was and you know what i feel like today that's how the movie would the oh, movie yeah. would end with like seeing yeah. him because he had the gun and he was shooting people. but thank god he didn't because you needed him to confess in front of everybody yeah yeah, yeah. Um, oh but weren't you so mad at him i knew from the beginning i'm like I know um, there were moments I felt like, oh, he's redeeming himself. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, he's I'm feeling uncomfortable. Oh, no. What, he what just went in me, on the lie. What was what I was going to say? I was, loved. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. What was upsetting was um, the fact that um, not just that he was lying, but like the conviction with with which and the viciousness, which with with which he told the lies on the floor. I was like, yeah. you know, there's one lying is one thing, like just saying, you know, oh, no, I think that this man is corrupt and we should get rid of expel him. But then all the things he made up, uh, you know, like really trying to sell it. I was like, oh, my gosh, now you're, you're you've dug such a deep grave. It's so disappointing for this man who respected you so much to hear yeah. like this. You clearly have no morals left. So I loved um I loved at the very end where he brought it back to the lost cause thing. He just felt like it was such a lost cause. And then he's like, nope, that's what my dad said. He said, those are the only ones worth fighting for. So that made me cheer. I was like, yes. <laughs> so anyway, okay, I'm done. <laughs> Takia, what did you think of the movie? Uh, I guess I may have more unpopular opinion about it. So good things about it. I love Jane Stewart acting. Um, yeah i liked the um yeah the old kind of the old back then way of life like someone someone else when you guys had mentioned i like that that's about it <laughs> it didn't it this wasn't it didn't hold my attention <laughs> what what about the movie specifically you know some movies are just not gonna you know everyone has their their, their taste and flavor comes to movies it just i actually what you were saying about how to, i i can better put into words but how i felt about it it was very just politically basic for me, you know, 
he wants to get a he's picked for this role. He's um wants to get the bill through because he wants to put a you know about the children's camp out there. Nice things he wanted to do, and so he to do that he had to fight on the Senate floor for it. It was just a very basic political thing. Well, I think get, I think. Oh, oh, let me finish this thought. Okay. It didn't get thrills and chills. I think this for me. I just like certain movies. And you know, it's funny. I actually this is probably another one of the ones that really kept my attention, but my, my mind uh, would drift just because of just such a good, my point is, I liked also what, there are, I like black and white movies, Citizen Kane, and I think the um the one Rear Window, those were like, oh man, I was captivated the entire time because I think there was more mystery and suspense. This one was just a little more, because it's basic politics. Like, it was just kind of like the basic is happening, let's get this done so we can achieve this and that. For me, it was just very, just, you know, underwhelming for me. It, it, it just had trouble pulling my attention. What did hold my attention, though, I love James Stewart. I love him. He's great. I love his acting. That's a good positive right there. Um, everyone else was good in the movie as well. Like I said, I, I love, um, I liked kind of the, the, I guess, life back then. You know, everyone was a lot more, you know, nicer polite compared to now yes i look at it that way as well compared to where we are now with you know everyone you know tends to be a little more entitled and selfish and it I, is, don't, I don't think anybody was nice and polite in this movie except <laughs> just in general no not in this particular but just like it is a, just a different way of life back then maybe that's more what i'm getting and not so much the characters themselves just like outside of you know not so much like them and i know they were crooked i know but um Yes, that's my positive spin on it. Just out of curiosity, I know you mentioned um, Jimmy Stewart's acting. What did you think of Saunders? I liked her too. Yeah. So uh, yeah, she she just, I guess I focus more on him because I she was good too. Yeah. So I like the guy that almost, that, that was, um, that tried to screw him over. And in the end, he came clean. What was his name? Kane? Was it, was it again? Kane. Hey. Huh? Huh? Pain. Uh -huh. Pain. I said Kane. Pain. I liked him. So like, yeah, I so the answer to your question was like I, I just I just liked her acting. <laughs> Nothing in particular to say over there. I mean, of all of them, James Dean uh, James Dean, let's see. James Stewart stood out. Jimmy Stewart stood out the best to me. But um yeah. So I could answer your question more. This is how underwhelming it was for me. <laughs> It was a good movie. Like I said, it, I don't think it deserves like a one or something like that. No, I mean, it was, I see like one awards and stuff like that, but that's just all. Oh, I'm just gonna like, I'm just a little quiet on this one because this, this is kind of all it did for me. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I've been, I've been enjoying listening to you guys' commentary about it. I'm, like, I'm glad everyone seemed to be excited more about it than I was. <laughs> what are like, your what? thoughts on, on how oh. it translates to what's hap what happens today? Do you see parallels between what was shown then and stuff like that happening today or do you not think it really happens anymore? It does. Yeah. That's all I can say. <laughs> it does. Um, yes. I I'll say that. Yes. But that that's it. That's all I have. You're yeah. good? Okay. Um, so, so I'll go ahead and uh, give you all my thoughts on the movie now. I, I enjoyed the movie. I felt a little Eric like you did um, that it, it it was a long movie, but you couldn't really, it didn't really feel like, oh my God, it's so long. When is it going to end? Um, I mean, there were a few moments here and there. I'm like, they could have sped that up maybe, like him going sightseeing in Washington, D.C. 
um there are a lot of just like camera focus on like these words and those words i'm like i don't want to sit and read all of those <laughs> um like you know what's written up on lincoln lincoln memorial and stuff but i enjoyed those scenes because i'm like wow nothing's really changed in dc at least with the monuments and stuff you know they're still standing they're still there and it's almost 100 years ago it's like 90 something years ago that was supposed um, to make you inspired to be an american it didn't work on you i guess <laughs> you're like i don't uh, want to work those words <laughs> no but i mean i i, I enjoyed it over uh, that part of it overall um but i think we've already touched on a lot of stuff that unfortunately not a lot has changed since then when it comes to the political landscape you know it's just different people all doing the same things regardless of what state where they're from their political side whatever a lot of it's the, still kind of the same you vote along lines you vote with whoever's funding you um the uh the whole thing about media perception right they can really control what we see and what we might believe um i i found it very interesting how fast those papers got printed because he wasn't filler bus filibustering for like days you know it was just like 20 something hours and i'm like they were able to tell them the stories get it all written up print all of those papers get them delivered all across the state i was like okay i don't know about that but um i just i i was getting angry while watching parts of it because of how unfair it was and what was happening and how unfortunately that does happen today still and how some people out there don't believe that's happening, which I find ridiculous that there are people that naive to think that this stuff doesn't happen today. That, um, you know, I could write any headline, make it say whatever I want. And there are people out there that will just look at it and believe it without asking questions. Um, and that's what was happening then, you know, it's like, hey, let's control and say exactly what we want them to believe. Uh, so anyways, I just find it very unfortunate that happens today still. Um, but yeah, I pretty much agreed with what you all said uh, in terms of the movie. I enjoyed it. I thought the acting was great. Um, Jean Arthur, the actress who played uh, Saunders, uh, what was her first? Clarissa. Clarissa. <laughs> I was like, who explained it all? Um, <laughs> I thought she was the best part of the movie. Um, and yeah, I mean, like you all know, I'm not really a big fan of old movies, but I thought this one was good. It had a good message. It, I think, taps into a lot of our own naivete about politics and ideals and, like, you know, thinking that the people who are out there fighting our fight are doing it in our best interests at all times, you know? Uh, it, it just sheds a lot of light on that. And I thought it was a daring movie for them to make back then because... I don't know how much trouble you could get because that could have been considered propaganda against the government. Um, you know, nowadays people can get away with a lot more for the most part. I mean, cancel culture is rearing up really fast these days, but I was like, that's a pretty daring topic to cover back then. Um, so I'm very curious, like how actual senators and people in DC felt about this movie coming out and becoming, you know, a hit. Uh, so it would be interesting to read up more on that, but yeah, so overall I watched it. There were times that it made me angry while watching it, 
like I said, especially when they were showing the hearings and those people were just lying, like the guy who owned the land where the dam was going to be built saying, yeah, I, I sold it to him. And he, you know, he said he'd get me some money from it. And I was like, you were just blatantly making this up. And I, it was just, it was angering me so much. And then the stupid experts, handwriting experts, without a doubt, this is not a forgery. This is his handwriting. They it showed one, one person. One of them, yeah. Right? Yeah, they showed one person who said it wasn't, but they showed everybody else saying it was. And then just watching all these people, it, it just, it made me so angry. Um, Shelley, and it still the, happens today. It's just what drives me crazy. Uh, There's all yeah. these experts and they come in and say, best yet, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially that guy who was lying about um, selling the land to him, who lives in his area, apparently. Yeah. I wondered how much money did they give him to get him to be so convincing about this and not, like, feel bad about it? it yeah, I, I probably a good amount. Um, you know, there was this one scene in the movie where I think he was actually at a podium talking to a bunch of people, um, you know, rally, like, getting them all riled up about uh, Jeff Smith. And there was like a kid in the audience who said like, we believe in Jeff Smith. And they kind yeah. of pulled him out. But that rally of all those people there listening to the lies and believing it remind me of the scene in Don't Look Up. Have any of you seen Don't Look Up? Ruth, you saw it with me. That movie with Jennifer Lawrence about the about the asteroid that's coming to hit the, the Earth. Remember? And uh, a lot of people weren't believing it. So it's oh, like, yeah. yeah, there's these people <laughs> at this rally and they just told everybody, don't look up. Like the don't look up. There's nothing there. Don't buy into the hype. You know, if only they looked up, they would see the asteroid. But they're not going to because their party's telling them, "Don't look up. It's not there. <laughs> it's fake news. It's all a lie." But then during this big rally, they're like, "Don't look up. Don't look up." Somebody looks up is like, "Oh my God! There's a comet coming towards us." <laughs> so just seeing this rally in this movie kind of reminded me. I was like, if only they looked up in that scene. But yeah. Yeah. Any, anyways um yeah so i i enjoyed it i thought it was good i mean i can see why it got such great ratings and everything i mean the acting was great the story is important to get out mm -hmm. um but uh yeah so that's my positive review because it was only two years from citizen kane which we've also seen yeah. and because everyone um has always you know talked about citizen kane as the greatest film ever made basically i was kind of comparing it because i was like you know we're we're in the same era so l now we can really do apples to apples like directing yeah. style acting style and i do see how even though this is good citizen kane is on a like is such an enormous scale yep. yes it's i like kind of i like that of. way better yeah i think that's interesting and i guess i and a little and citizen kane is a little closer to techniques that are still used today so it looks a little more familiar as far as filmmaking does mm -hmm. to us than than maybe something like this where they're filming it in a way that we're not used to in some some scenes but i do think because I, it wasn't on that larger scale sorry shelly uh just because it wasn't on that larger scale to takia's whole thing you know about like it was simple politics i think that was the point was to not focus on the laws being discussed but focus on the corruption and the fraud that goes on because if they had such a complicated story about the politics itself it would lose out on the message i think it was trying to focus on and it would confuse the audience because it's talking about all this politics these laws and these you know very intricate things where it's like let's keep it simple about a dam people can understand that but let's focus yeah. on the corruption so i i just think that maybe that's why they kept it a smaller quote-unquote like story and 
uh, but you know it's funny I've, I've seen um corruption well movies and series and they've captured me completely like whoa I think like, to me this was like a more realistic corruption yeah instead of yeah. like I, I don't know maybe maybe I do like the more of the action-packed corruption like a scandal and like house of cards that was corruption times 10 that I really was, was blow my blew my mind and well, this what? I said in the most basic form of corruption I can't just remember well, yeah. it was just interesting to watch that was it yeah it was just kind of like okay this is you know I can't remember Tia, but what did you think about Chinatown because that was actually also a, technically a story about political corruption although it was more like a mystery where he's trying to figure out what the corruption is and remember we even talked about it at the time how it was kind of weird corruption because it was about the water <laughs> department it's like that's not sexy <laughs> like, yeah. but it was like a big conspiracy so I think that didn't that wasn't sexy for me either. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't hate it. I just didn't. It wasn't. I wasn't into it. Yeah, yeah you're right. Kia's rating echoes that. <laughs> okay, he gave it a two point seven five. Okay, makes that's sense. That, that, that's what's cool though. Is there's gonna be movies where like like you know, I, I remember the, the the movies where I was running my mouth. Everybody, you know, some people were like, "Oh, this was okay." Oh, I like this. Oh, I didn't like this. You know, that, that that's what's cool about it. You know, so like I said, I like hearing- No, no, I don't think people are questioning why you didn't like it. We were just oh, trying no. to understand the specifics as to what, yeah. what didn't speak to you, what did. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's, it's hard to come with it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fast on my feet when it comes to thinking about something. So, you know, like I, I had, my, my thoughts are just so bland about this because I guess because like, I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> it that's, so the, the basic- the basic way I'm trying to describe it is it was just it was very just kind of flat line, just kind of this is happening, corruption is happening, hope it gets resolved. It's just kind of like it, you know, it's just one, you know, one flat line after another. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's, I guess it's happening. You need, you need Jimmy Stewart saying, "Every time a bill gets passed, an angel gets its wings." <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. I I mean like I said I but my pause I do there's I wouldn't think it would get a one or two I you know like I said it was it's a good movie those who like like you guys they they really enjoy this because people love a type of movie like this that shows you know this, what's going on in the you know the political arena back then and all so but for me yeah I, I just it just wasn't yeah it uh, acting was good <laughs> cool well I that, thank you everybody for sharing your thoughts on the movie. Um, I think at this point, does anybody have anything else they'd like to add or any story points they wanted to talk a bit more about? I had a couple of notes, jokes, I guess. So, uh, not jokes, but <laughs> I thought it was really funny. I mean, they really go hard in the script on making him the most like wholesome person ever. He's, he's literally a boy scout. They call it boy ranger, you know, but, but he's literally a boy scout, like the last boy scout in the country. Uh, so, uh, but I thought it was really funny when they also said they had this line where they said he collects stray boys, and I thought <laughs> this this is unfortunate phrasing for 2023. But <laughs> there was a lot of that, like they kept him keeping on talking about the boys, the boys, everybody talking about the boys. I was like, oh, this is not sounding so great. We're all so cynical now because if there was a person like that today, we would all say this sounds like there's something un untoward going on. You know, yeah. we, it would not we, it would not be a shock to us if it was discovered he was molesting boys or something. That really I, worried me about that too. Like little <laughs> bits going around, like you know, I want to be able to feel like 
you know, worried for them, you know. I love the kids, though, by the way, all the kids in this movie were so great, especially the all of Hopper's children on the dinner table and mm. the page yeah. boy in the Senate and and the newsboys like they were such great actors. So, so much energy. And they were all so smart and they're so civic minded, which was a little bit surprising to me. Oh, OK. I want to that. I like the kids. That that's my thing. I love I love the kids around the dinner table. I, I did like that. I like, I like, yeah, and, the ones in the I, beginning. Yeah, I love, how I, lo I love their banter back and forth with their dad, who I thought was kind of old. Seemed kind of old to have all his children. I I was wondering yeah. that too. I yeah, was like, like grandpa. Both like, he and his the... wife look a bit older. What's funny is he's probably like thirty five years old. Yeah, maybe he collects stray boys too. Yeah. <laughs> but yet James Stewart looks like he could have all his children. I mean, like I didn't think that was good casting, to be honest. Like with with that this old, with that old fart. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he was just all those children aged him. Yeah. Um, Eric, uh, on the acting, I actually did. I mean, I agree with you on that. But the one part I really thought was good, and they did a good job, was um, in the uh, beginning part when they were swearing or not swearing him in, but it was like the little kid walked up and he had to do his speech or something, and he was like messing up what he was reading and his brothers were kind of whispering to him what to say and then he's like oh shoot and then he just stopped and he's and i was like they did a good job acting that out yeah also was he cool. was doing a good job with those big words and i felt like he was <laughs> upset when he turned around it's like don't be upset you did wonderful yeah, <laughs> yeah. you made him proud <laughs> so how many people would have taken the deal to remain in the senate and just go along to get along that's the problem is that that's why one of the things that consistently talk about these days is there need to be term limits because since there aren't term limits that means people can stay there for decades and decades and they just they get they get really good at the campaigning and taking you know um you know or name taking advantage of name recognition yeah and all that jazz and and they get entrenched and they don't have to do anything that they want to because they're not going anywhere and imagine if they were only allowed to be there for two to six years and then that's it they have to find something else to do with their careers because that's all the time they can spend they might be a little more honest about stuff they might try harder to actually contribute and yeah get, but why would you care about getting things done because they're 30 look years? at how many people in the senate who are above 80 years old yeah like and or even <laughs> 90 like for who was it strom thurman how was he he was like almost 100 when he oh, died he was, he was and somewhere. diane feinstein just passed away and she was well into her 90s yeah it's crazy that we allow people to just stay in and i think that you're right the longer you stay in the more corrupt you get um because you get used to getting paid like who wouldn't want to get this extra money or like you know extra things that you're not supposed to and technically not... get but get invited on these trips and and but, and even if you don't get so corrupt you've still become complacent yeah oh yeah I think the only reason it flies in the Supreme Court is because it's a lifetime appointment, so they don't have to be elected, which is supposed to mean that that means they won't be tempted by corruption. But, you know, as we've seen recently, that is not necessarily the case, even even in that situation. So, you I know, don't know what the answer is. Yeah. But um, well, I don't know what the answer is for them, except more transparency. But term limits could be a good idea. I think I think that, um, like, I get what you're saying, Takia, that it's not the most, like, sexy story, but I think it's the most realistic, like, because in real, you know, in real I life, do with that. Yeah. The, um, yeah. you're not voting. I mean, you're, you're, it's not, you know, 
Do you understand what it's basic? Uh -huh. It's basic what they're they're being corrupt over. Like they're corrupt over we basic use plastic spoons or or yeah. straws <laughs> and spoons. Yeah. But I think that's I think that's why I liked it because I don't think I would have liked it if it had not seemed realistic because then it just would have sort of they were probably um, also trying wavered on like a fantasy yeah they were, they were probably also trying to make a point about how what what Senator Smith was trying to do was really like the easiest thing like who could ever say that this was a problem or shouldn't happen it should just be you know get that bill through no problem but even that, what he wanted to do, this very, very simple thing, got in somebody's way because they wouldn't get their graft on. They wouldn't, you know, get their kickbacks or their money or whatever it was. It was like, and he was just, it wasn't even like he was, he wasn't trying to do something complicated or politically controversial. And it's, and he, and it still couldn't get done because people had their own agendas. <laughs> so that and might then, be another point too. And then in a more boring point, I always find it interesting to hear the arguments about the filibuster. Because whenever which party is in power, they want, they always try to vote it out, but the other party doesn't want to. And then when it flips, yeah. the majority flips, then they're trying to argue to get rid of it. So I always find that so fascinating to be like, he's just sitting up there for so many hours. And then finally, he's just like, let's read the constitution. And he just <laughs> keeps going until yeah. he passes out. And I'll admit, I'm not quite sure what what was his goal. Was it to was he trying to wait long enough that the truth would get out there? Something like that. That he was waiting for his people to come marching in, saying that it's not true. He didn't. Um, that what it was? Because I, I I lost you know you know twenty hours into it, I was like I don't remember what the goal. What, here. what the purpose is? <laughs> I think he was trying to wait. Yeah, for the truth to come out. He was waiting for people from his state oh. to come into. To, to say no he doesn't own this land that they're lying which is why Payne made that big show of bringing in all those really telegrams right yes because he's like look here's your people speaking if that's what you were waiting for and they hate you and that was very upsetting <laughs> too i was so felt so heartbroken for him oh, me like, too. Don't, like don't believe it it's just you know these people are misinformed disinformation is what's been happening yeah so another question i had was so when Smith first meets Saunders, of course, she thinks he's a bit of a rube, but she's got her own stuff going on. But she also, it seems like she sets him up with those reporters. She knows what they're going to do. And that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I was like, why did she do that? Was she just trying to like put him through a trial by fire, like wise him up quickly or something? But because it, it was kind of mean spirited for her yeah. to, if she knew that they were going to twist his words like that and make him look like an asshole. Maybe for her own entertainment. That's icky too. Because wasn't she saying like, and in this story, like she was pointing out to the to the other guy, she's like, this guy's going to do this and this guy is going to do this. Just watch and see what happens. Once oh. he mentions Willet Creek, this guy's going to get up and run out and he does. I thought maybe she was kind of bored with her life. A bit. Maybe, was this like before she tried to help him and she kind of was getting sucked into what um, the other senators, what they were trying to do? That was wrong, you know? I guess what I don't get is, though, even though she wasn't, she hadn't really decided she wanted to help him, She, but also, why would the opposite be that she wants to hurt him, you know? Yeah, that's true. Unless she thought, he's just too naive, we need to toughen him up quick, so I'm going to let them eat him alive, which, mm. I don't know, I still don't know if I agree with it, but it's like, that's, because oh. I like you so much, Clarissa, don't be mean. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, yeah, my last note is just that I thought it was really cute the way she said uh, when she finally shows up after being, it was kind of, a, I was annoyed with him that he just got on a bus and disappeared for half a day. I was like, what, who does this? Like, you didn't realize people are looking for you. <laughs> Come on. And you left your birds with who knows. I guess you don't care about animals that much. But um, she said, you can't just take French leave of people. And I was like, oh, take French leave. Because <laughs> I always knew it as an Irish goodbye. But apparently you can also call it French leave. French leave. Ah, I did not know. I like that. I'm going to use you that You just now. disappear on people without saying goodbye. You just, you're supposed to do it at parties. When you don't want to go through the, all the goodbyes at a party. So you just sneak out the door and don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've done that before. Because I'm like, I just don't want to make a big deal. They're like, where'd you go? Where'd you go? Sorry. <laughs> okay, well, I guess uh, that covers how everybody felt about the movie. So I think it's that time again for... What? Ba -ba -ba -ba! Recast! <laughs> that? Yes, that. that. <laughs> what? Don't what me. <laughs> so recast... We close each episode with the recast game, where we each play casting director and choose a different actor from any era, living or dead, to portray a character in the film instead. First up is Takia. Um, I chose recast Jeff Smith uh, with Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I saw him as a political figure. He's played Doing a lot of roles. Or scumbags or not. Super, super young Tom Hanks. Yeah, I was, yeah, not old Tom, I will say young Tom Hanks. Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah, young Tom Hanks. When he was like, you know, he was age of, he was a bit unbig. You basically want him to be Forrest Gump going to the Senate, right? Yes, that's exactly, I think that's what I had in my mind. I, I want to start a boy. That, that, that scene in my mind, yeah. That's why I, I did chose him. So that's my Thank recap. You. Thank you, Takia. So mm -hmm. next up on our recast game is Shelly. Yay. Okay, so... <clears throat> I am going to recast. I was thinking if this movie were made today, who would play Clarissa? And I had to pick someone super sweet. And I believe that Natalie Portman would make a good Clarissa. Oh, I see that. Okay. Nice. Thank you, Shelley. Next up for a recast is Ruth. So I also wanted to recast Clarissa as well. So um, I was just thinking, how, of course, too, how much I love um, It's a Wonderful Life. And I think that Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed had some good chemistry in that movie. So I wanted to pick Donna Reed for that part. <laughs> nice. I think she would do a good job. Keeping in that same time era. Yeah. <laughs> and she's hey, yeah. So next she's up for recast is Eric. Okay, so... I was vacillating between two, but I think I'm going to go with this one. I'm going to recast Susan Payne, that little part yeah. to distract him from his important business in the Senate. And I'm going to cast her with Bridget Fonda because I miss Bridget Fonda. <laughs> and I think she plays that sort of devilish flirtation uh, really well. Uh, so she would she would be a good foil to to Saunders. Um, and they could have even beefed up the role a little bit and made her a bit more of a, you know, a seductive femme fatale trying to distract him from his business. That would be good. Very cool. I thought she was in her pajamas when <clears throat> she came, she was at her dad's house and she came down, but she was wearing like a lingerie. <laughs> That's awkward. Uh, your dad I know. I thought, what's she that? wearing? A nightgown? No. 
She was just wearing her her cocktail dress to hang out at her dad's house. Her her dad does pimp her. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's her uh, work uniform. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Eric, for your recast. Uh, Next up for recasting is me. Uh, so I am just going to follow along with Shelly and Ruth and recast Clarissa, not because she was bad, because she was really great in the role. I think we all just liked the role so much that we're always like, oh, who who should play her, you know, if they were to make, remake the movie. So, um, I think you each have taken interesting eras and like times like to remake the movie with your people. Um, I'm looking at it as if they were to remake the movie today. Um, I would choose the actress Rachel Brosnahan. Um, she plays Mrs. Maisel in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, neat. Uh, highly recommend everybody to watch that TV show. But um, she definitely has that kind of like snappiness and like uh, quick talking, witty banter that uh, Saunders, that uh, Clarissa would have with Jeff. Um, which is also interesting because I think she's going to be the new Lois Lane in the new DC Universe set of movies. Ooh, she would be perfect. I just yeah. saw her. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. A reporter. Yeah. Um, so I think, and I mean, I guess I'm also being swayed a bit because Mrs. Maisel is not from that era. Obviously, there's like, what, 20 plus years between them. But uh, anyway, so yeah, so that's my recast. So thank you, everybody. Really good recasts there. Um, so now that we're done with that, let's go ahead and rate this movie. So you all know how this works. Everybody bring up your chat. Turn a number in there from zero to five. You can do quarters, which are 0.25.5.75. And when you were all when you all are ready, uh, put up your thumbs and then I'll tell you the next bit of how this works. Okay. So what I'm going to do is count backwards from three and on the row of zero, click enter. Three, two, one, zero. So fast. Okay, so now we're going to have Shelly read out the scores to me. All righty. Eric, 3.75. Fahad, 4. Ruth, 3.75. Me, 5. And Takia, 3. Oh, very tight scoring there. Nice. So Mr. Smith Goes to Washington has an average of 3.9. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think so too. And I assume it's under Citizen Kane. <laughs> uh, give me one moment. It's a little bit lower than Tangerine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Although, Eric, you just slightly liked this better than Tangerine. Um, Takia liked Tangerine better than Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Oh. <laughs> That was, that's... You seem surprised, too. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> that's a very interesting outcome. Oh. Um, what, 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 what the reason did... why I did that. Oh, no, no. Sorry, um, Eric. What movie did you say? Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. Yeah. Yes. Citizen Kane was 3.95. So this got oh. 0.05 less than yeah. Citizen Kane. I am going to be honest, and I liked this movie better. And I'm, I know, I'm sorry. It's going to make me... Uh, I know it's, it's, No, Shelly, I will say this. I honestly think this is easier to watch than Citizen Kane. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is definitely, yeah. So that, I think, plays a part in it. But Shelly doesn't give very many fives. Is this her only five or? I don't know, is it? 
Um, I don't. Th- I, I thought Spice World was a five. Yeah, no, Spice World. Was- Spice World was a four. Ah. Um, yeah. Let me see, Shelley. What do you? Is this my only and fir- my first and only five? Yeah. Let me see. Um, because we've talked about Shelley. Usually, her numbers trend a little bit lower than mine, for instance. Ah, I'm trying to see. Oh, Goodfellas. That's the only one other one I could think maybe I gave a five to. Ah, uh, Goodfellas, you gave. Oh, there it is. Goodfellas, you gave a five. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Now, how does this movie compare to the two other Jimmy Stewart movies we watched? Um, Let me go find them. So the first one was Rear Window. Rear Window got an average of 4.15. So more than this? Yeah. By a good a little bit. A little, well, yeah, this was 3.9. Is that what you said? Yeah. And Rear Window was 4.15. About Rope. Very close. And then Rope, that Eric, you gave a five to Rope. Um, 4.1. So 3.9, 4.1, Yeah. Yeah, I really do like those two movies more than this one. So that makes sense to Attract. me. Well, thank you, everybody, for your ratings. So I think we are done with this movie. So it is time now to hand it over to Ruth, who will be announcing her pick for next week. And did you already... Oh, you just made up a name of a movie. I was like, did you... And Ruth already collude or something? (laughs) Sorry. For those of you listening, Eric typed in wheelchair suicide because both of Ruth's movies dealt with people who were kind of suicidal, but they were bound to wheelchairs and due to that... So there are hard times. Yeah, Ruth, what wheelchair suicide movie do you have for us? (laughs) Okay, so my first two ones, of course, had to deal with being bound to a wheelchair, um, with being quadriplegic, I guess that's the correct term. Um, so just kind of going through what the struggles of the of the characters went through. Um, so I wanted to, of course, stay within those lines. So I picked a movie about a woman who started off in a small town and wants to become a boxer um, with Clint Eastwood, um, yeah. Hillary Swank, yeah. and Million Dollar Baby. She, um, what brings it to that point, and this is even just in the synopsis, is that she's in a fight and she's winning and um, her opponent hits her where you're not supposed to or some point and she fall like she falls down and she ends up having a spinal injury and all that and as a quadriplegic oh i did not know that was part of the movie i don't know that was part of the movie either i've never seen it i think i've only seen a little bit of it but um i saw it i can't find it and then um yeah so i just like to see kind of how in her aspect how she deals with all that too so are we gonna have like someone who's gonna end up being more upbeat about it or you know what i mean stuff like that too and since it's um a boxing movie with women there's probably some lesbians in it (laughs) (laughs) that's why you picked this one (laughs) well ruth thank you for your movie selection we will all come back having watched it all the way through and ready to talk about it next week so with that I declare this episode of Old Fogies and Films concluded. Thanks for joining us. You can find us on Facebook and find our list on Letterboxd. Don't forget to leave a comment or review. Everybody say adjourn. Adjourn. And we need to work on our, our, our adjourn. <laughs> Maybe we need to go. <laughs> yeah. 
I think we should, when somebody says, everybody say, let them say the word and then wait like two seconds and then everybody say, adjourned. Together. Yeah. <laughs> we do it again. Try it again. Sure. Yeah, let's try it. Let's try it. So wait, are you going to go, everybody say. Uh, I'll say, everybody say adjourned and then I'll go one, two, uh, and then you okay. go point. Got it, got it, got it. So okay. on the point after I say two. Quite on set. Everybody say adjourned. Better. Better. Overall. Overall. That was better. (laughs) I I jumped into it. You were excited. You really wanted to to lead us with the adjourned. Yeah. (laughs)